0: You're listening to the RBN Energy Blogcast. This is an audio version of RBN Energy's daily blog, the oil and gas industry's go-to source for insight. Every day, we cover commodity fundamentals, industry changes, and developing trends across energy markets. And now, we're making it easier than ever to enjoy our blogs. Whether it's on your drive into work, while you're at the office, or at home walking the dog, settle in, turn the volume up, and enjoy. Wednesday, February 5, 2020. Going your Own Way. Why Iroquois Pipeline Gas Flows Are an Outlier in the U.S. Northeast. Published by Lindsay Schneider. The development of Appalachia's Marcellus and Utica shales has flipped regional natural gas prices in the U.S. Northeast from their longtime premiums to Henry Hub, to trading at a significant discount, and in the process, reversed inbound gas flows, including from eastern Canada. But there is an exception from an entry point at the northern edge of New York, The Iroquois gas transmission pipeline is still importing Canadian gas supply nearly year round to help meet local demand, despite its proximity to Marcellus Utica production via other Northeast pipelines. This has kept prices along the Iroquois pipeline system at a premium to the other points in the region. And with the new 1,100 MW Cricket Valley Energy Center power plant due online this spring, Iroquois prices are likely to strengthen. Today, we examine the dynamics driving Iroquois prices and gas flows. Natural gas pricing is not uniform across the Northeast, the magnitude of the discount varies with how constrained the local pipe is and the location of the pricing point relative to the constraints. But in general, from eastern Ohio and Pennsylvania up through New England, prices tied to robust Marcellus Utica shale production have traded at a significant discount to Henry Hub ever since Appalachian gas production surpassed Northeast demand and the region became a net supplier to the Midwest and Gulf Coast regions in the mid-2010s. Of course, during extreme wintry weather, prices in the East Coast market area, particularly New York and New England, are prone to spikes, where they jump not only above Henry Hub, but above all global gas prices or even above an oil parity price. These markets have maintained discounts to Henry on most days, however, that is, except for points along the Iroquois pipeline, which, because of the system's reliance on gas imports from Canada, have escaped the worst of the discounted pricing, and trade above the rest of the region year-round. The Iroquois system is a 414-mile natural gas pipeline, built in 1985, that runs from the New York-Canada border in Waddington, New York, south and east through New York and southwestern Connecticut, then under Long Island Sound to termination points on Long Island and in the Bronx, New York City's northernmost borough. Iroquois serves demand along the way in both New York and Connecticut, and also interconnects with other northeast area pipes, including Dominion Pipeline, Tennessee Gas Pipeline, and Algonquin Gas Transmission. Before the shale era gas flowed from TC Energy's Canadian mainline through Waddington to Iroquois, where it could be used to serve demand off the Iroquois system or flow through to other northeast pipes. Despite the prolific supply growth in the region since then, and although flows from Canada have lessened somewhat over the past few years, that is largely how Iroquois still operates. Its connections with the other northeast pipelines are mostly bidirectional, and whether Iroquois is a net receiver of Marcellus Utica gas or a net deliverer of Canadian gas fluctuates day to day and throughout the year. A few other pipes also have border crossings between the U.S. Northeast and Canada and had historically imported Canadian gas, including two in New York State, Tennessee gas at Niagara, and National Fuels Empire pipeline at Chippewa. The dynamic at Iroquois border interconnect, however, is different than every other connection that the U.S. and Canada have in the region, almost all of which have been reversed so that the U.S. can export Marcellus Utica gas into Canada. Iroquois' nearly year round reliance on gas imported from Canada not only makes it unique in the area from a flow perspective, but it also means that gas on Iroquois is priced higher than other points in the region, as the pipe is balancing on the premium Canadian gas flowing down the pipe rather than cheap Marcellus supplies flowing up into New York. In 2019 Iroquois net imported gas from Canada on 239 days, or 65% of the year, compared with 298 days, or 82% of the year, in 2015. So imports on Iroquois have decreased as Marcellus supplies have grown, but Iroquois overall is still importing gas year-round, and, barring new northeast pipeline expansions, further decreases are not likely. Iroquois imports gas every day in winter, most days in peak summer, and less during the shoulder seasons, but there have been no months in which Iroquois did not receive at least some gas from Canada, although May 2019 came close with only one day of imports. As Marcellus Utica supplies grew, the other U.S. connections with Canada and New York were reversed. Pipeline expansion projects on Tennessee Gas and Empire have reversed the flows on those pipelines' connections with the Canadian mainline. Tennessee Pipeline stopped receiving any significant amount of gas from Canada in spring 2011, and began exporting gas year-round to Canada in late 2012. Similarly, Empire Pipeline also stopped significant imports from Canada in spring 2011 and began exporting in late 2015. The plan for Iroquois wasn't any different. The proposed Constitution Pipeline, which was originally announced in 2012 by Williams, was supposed to have a similar effect on Iroquois. The project was planned as a 650 million cubic feet per day pipeline that would transport Marcellus' supply from northeastern Pennsylvania to an existing interconnect between Iroquois and Tennessee gas in right New York, where it could flow onto either pipe. Constitution received Federal Energy Regulatory Commission or FERC approval in late 2014, but has been beleaguered by delays in securing state approvals from New York, as well as protests and a general lack of enthusiasm due to the overall low-price gas environment. Although the legal and regulatory battles around the project rage on, and Constitution won some key regulatory and court battles over the past summer, the project seems unlikely to move ahead in the near future, if at all. If it does eventually proceed to construction, Constitution would be paired with a small pipeline modification on Iroquois called the Wright Interconnect Project, or WIP. WIP would enable Iroquois to receive gas from Constitution and the now dead iroquois South-to-North Project, which would have made the connection between Iroquois and the Canadian mainline bidirectional thereby allowing the U.S. to export gas to Canada at the Waddington Point as well. Without constitution, Iroquois is locked into its current flow and price dynamic, importing gas from Canada year-round, albeit not every day, and pricing higher than other points in the area, particularly in the warmer months. During the summer, Marcellus Utica supplies typically serve all of the demand in the local northeast markets, which keeps the prices in the area closely tied to the supply-centric points like Dominion South Point, but Iroquois often needs more gas than it can receive from the Marcellus and Utica and has to import supplemental gas from Canada, which costs more because of the long-haul shipping rates on the Canadian mainline. As Marcellus-Utica supplies grew, Northeast prices weakened. This was most pronounced between 2014 and 2017, when the Northeast ran out of exit capacity for growing supplies, and the region faced severe takeaway constraints and heavy negative price pressure. During the peak of the Northeast constraints in 2014, Iroquois Zone 2 prices were spared the worst of the downside pressure because of the hub's reliance on Canadian gas. As new pipeline expansions out of the Northeast were completed and supply growth slowed in the past year or so, the downside pressure has eased and basis prices at the other Northeast hubs have rebounded and reconverged with Iroquois, although they still trade at a discount. Northeast supplies remaining de is not a given, however, and if and when takeaway constraints in the Northeast return, Iroquois prices would once again trade at a more significant premium to the rest of the Northeast because the supply dynamic on Iroquois is unlikely to change. The demand being served off of Iroquois will see a major change soon. Cricket Valley Energy Center, a 1,100 MW combined cycle gas turbine or CCGT facility in Dover, New York, is due online this spring and will receive its gas from the Iroquois pipeline system. Even though gas on Iroquois is higher priced than gas supplied via other points in the area, The overall gas price environment still makes this new power plant economical, and it's likely to run as baseload-type generation, meaning that it will operate nearly year-round, rather than just turning on during periods of high power demand. Based on gas requirements for similarly-sized CCGTs, we estimate that this will increase the number of days that Iroquois imports gas from Canada to about 80% of the year, from 65% in 2019. There would also be some upside if the summer is particularly hot, but no real winter upside as Iroquois already imports gas on all winter days. The increased summer usage would further decouple Iroquois prices from the rest of the Northeast and make Iroquois even more of a premium pricing point in the area. Although Iroquois price premium over other Northeast hubs has lessened as Marcellus Utica supplies have debottlenecked, from a flow perspective Iroquois is very much still an outlier in the area. It is the only pipeline in New York still receiving regular flows from Canada and the only one not exporting gas to Canada. Because of this, Iroquois should remain less vulnerable to downside price pressure from regional supply growth and see pricing premiums increase as new power demand from Cricket Valley is served off the pipeline. During winter, weather may drive the price, but as winter price spikes fade away in a month or two, Iroquois prices will resume the premium position compared with other regional pricing points. Go Your Own Way was written by Lindsay Buckingham, and was the fifth cut on side one of Fleetwood Mac's 11th studio album, Rumors. Released in December 1976 as the first single from the upcoming Rumors album, the song went to number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart, and became Fleetwood Mac's first top 10 single in the U.S. Buckingham wrote the song about his breakup with longtime girlfriend and Fleetwood Mac vocalist, Stevie Nicks. Buckingham had drummer Mick Fleetwood go for the unusual drum groove that Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts had on their song Street Fighting Man for Go Your Own Way. Buckingham's guitar solo was pieced together from six different takes by producer Ken Calais. Personnel on the record were, Lindsey Buckingham, on lead and backing vocals, electric and acoustic guitars, Mick Fleetwood, on drums and maracas, John McVie on bass, Christine McVie on Hammond organ and backing vocals, and Stevie Nicks, on backing vocals. Rumors was recorded between February and August 1976 at the record plant in Sausalito, California, Wally Hyder Studios in Los Angeles, and Criteria Studios in Miami. It was produced by Fleetwood Mac, Richard Dashut, and Ken Calais. The album was released in February 1977 and went to number one on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart. It has been certified two times diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America and has sold more than 50 million copies worldwide. It won a Grammy Award for Best Album of the Year in 1978. Fleetwood Mac is an English American rock band originally formed in London in 1967. Starting out as a British blues band, there have been three different versions of the band over the years with 18 different members passing through its ranks. The band has released 18 studio albums, 9 live albums, 23 compilation albums, 1 EP and 62 singles. They have won 4 American Music Awards, 2 Brit Awards and 3 Grammy Awards, and were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. The band still tours with longtime members Mick Fleetwood, John McVie, Christine McVie, and Stevie Nicks, Neil Finn of Crowded House, and Mike Campbell of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, have been touring with the band for live shows This has been the RBN Energy broadcast thanks for listening